Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Let's see. Can you guys hear me now? Okay. You should be able to hear me now. I don't know what happened. Melon was messing up. Either way. Anyways. Okay. Let's try that again. Let's try that again. We are live. TDC, Wednesday, August the 3rd, 2022. Appreciate you all tuning in. What is going on? Let me do that again. TDC Nation. Let's ride. There we go. Anyways, taking your questions, comments, calls. 843-790-3377. That's 843-790-3377. Seven here on this Wednesday. Appreciate you all tuning in. We are going, like I said in the beginning, you couldn't hear me. We are going a thousand miles an hour. Tons of stuff happening between merch, tin roof tonight, podcast, everything in between. Some days are better than others. Actually, every day is a great day, but some days the technology works better than others. This morning, the podcast, for whatever reason, you know, you record a great show, you set it pending, you got it going, and that's set, that's taken care of. And then it doesn't publish when it's supposed to. So the podcast is out now. Got out about 9.30 this morning. Uh, I apologize for all my 5 a.m.ers. Guys, believe it or not, if you sit down and look at the analytics, if you're, if you're looking at the analytics of our show, the number one time, and I don't know if these folks tune into the Daily Crow also noon to 2, but the number one time that people tune into the podcast, 5 a.m., right when it dropped. My morning Gamecocks, my morning commuters, my morning commute listeners, Thank y'all, and again, I apologize that the podcast was not out this morning at 5 a.m. I have to wonder and imagine those that 
make TSUS such a part of their daily routine when they wake up and they don't see the podcast out, they're just like, what the hell? Like, where's the show? I mean, I, I know I would do the exact same. And again, I, I apologize to all those. Again, I, I uh, it's not a normal thing for us, obviously, to miss that 5 a.m. drop. But uh, yeah, sometimes, sometimes technology just just does the just does not want to cooperate. That's the words I'm trying to spit out. It does not want to cooperate. Um, so, anyways, anyways, I uh, appreciate y'all. Being patient, rolling with the punches. Uh, again, we are not a technology company. We're not a logistics company. We are, uh, <laughs> we are TSUS. We are the Daily Crow. And again, I appreciate y'all. Thank y'all so much again for the continued love and support. Phone lines are open, 843-790-3377. Of course, as always, the Daily Crow brought to you by our friends over at Carolina Ale House. Be sure to check them out, guys. The TSUS tour rolls on tomorrow as we are at Carolina Ale House in downtown Greenville, We'll get going at 6 o'clock. Would love to see you guys out there. It's going to be an absolute blast. The TSUS tour has been a massive success to this point, um, and I expect it to continue. I think I've got a really, really good feeling there is going to be <clears throat> a great crowd at the event tomorrow. I, I really have a good feeling. Again, I obviously just moved to Greenville, South Carolina, and you know when we went to Greenville last fall for our watch parties and stuff like that, um, you know, I'd say it was, you know, and this is a challenge for the rest of you out there. <clears throat> Excuse me. This is a challenge for the rest of you, but it was the best turnout. I mean, honestly, Greenville has put on every time I've been there. And so for the TSUS tour to be happening tomorrow, downtown Greenville, <clears throat> I'm stoked. It's going to be a blast. I think we're going to have a ton of fun. Again, things will get going at six o'clock. Uh, they've got over 65 beers on tap. Great food, guys. Of course, plenty of TVs. The ball game. We'll be on tomorrow. Football actually is back tomorrow. Football's back tomorrow, right? <clears throat> Football's back tomorrow. Preseason. Granted, it's the preseason. Granted, it's Jags and Raiders, but football is indeed back. So um, we'll have the game on the screens tomorrow. Going to be a lot of fun again. We'll, we'll take your questions. We'll do a little Q&A at like 7.30. Um, I'll also, I'm picking up more towels today. Picking up more towels today. We'll have towels and koozies on sale on site. Going to be a ton of fun. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. Also, of course, guys, tonight, the final Tin Roof show. And I'm not even going to lie to you. I was in my fields this morning. I was in my fields this morning just thinking about that today, today would be the final day that we, you know, we grace the stage at Tin Roof. And, I, and I'll say this. Do I think it's the last time ever that we grace the stage? No, because ever's a long time, but I think for a while it probably will be. And, um, you know, it is the final 10 roof show in this format that we have, you know, every single Wednesday. And it's been a blessing, man. Again, I, I'll save all that commentary for tonight. You know, we'll have tons to talk about, and uh, I'm really excited. If you can come out, guys, Tin Roof in the Vista tonight, downtown Columbia. Again, we'll be talking Gamecocks, taking your questions. I mean, a lot has happened since I've been at Tin Roof, so would love to have you guys come out and uh, have a good time. $3 drafts, $3 rumple, $3 fireball as well. Great food, great people, great times. Uh, it's always a blast at Tin Roof on a Wednesday, and uh, – yeah, it's going to be a good one, man. The final one, let's send them off in style. And I, I really, man, I appreciate those folks at Ten Roof for having me. And, again, I, I'll get in all this commentary tonight because I'm going to end up repeating myself. But uh, really looking forward to that. We'd love to see you guys out there. Again, guys, if you can check it out, by the way, I know the podcast didn't drop at 5 a.m. like it was supposed to. 
but it is out, and it's a great episode. I mean, it's one of those episodes, again, you know, I feel confident and good after every show I do, after every show I record, but this is, you know, there's some that you record, and you're like, that was a damn good episode, and today's is a hell of an episode with the opponent preview series talking Vandy, but also great conversation and interview with Jamie Shaw of On3, and it's a lot of fun Right? It's a lot of fun today because, you know, obviously this time of year, we're all locked into football. We're all locked into football, right? Well, we got Jamie on talking basketball, talking Gigi Jackson. I mean, this is the guy behind the entire Gigi Jackson saga, right? The guy behind the entire Gigi Jackson saga that really broke everything. So hearing him detail how it all happened, how it all went down, Gigi Jackson landing, of course, with the Gamecocks, signing with the Gamecocks. Really, really great stuff. Highly, highly suggest you all listen to it. Um, so, again, really excited for that podcast. Y'all check that out again. Guys, content is just bleeding. When I say content bleeding out of the eyeballs, like sometimes I just say it. Dude, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, my motto these days, if you're not living life on the edge, you're taking up too much room because we are on the edge. If you're not pushing yourself to be a little uncomfortable, then you're not doing enough, I can assure you we're doing plenty. I mean, it's go, 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 go. But, I mean, that's how I like it. Being busy is a blessing. Um, yeah, I'm seeing comments here, by the way. My guy Lance chiming in. Let's get into your questions. I know I'm rambling here. Let's get into your questions. Stephanie Lee, what's going on? Appreciate you tuning in. Mike Hall, Brennan, Zach. If you're in the Big Cock Club Discord, by the way, head over to that channel as well. Um, let's see. Would love to take your questions in the TDC Questions channel. A couple of you commented about Upshaw. Cameron Upshaw, Jr., the defensive back, um, apparently recommitting. He hasn't made anything official on his end. He hasn't made anything official on his end. But um, if you look on 24-7, he is there on the rankings again. It sounds like he did recommit, and it sounded fishy when it happened. It sounded fishy when it happened in regards to, like, like in the sense of, like, it felt like, we were going to get him. It still felt like we were going to get him. I, you know, it didn't – I don't know. It just – the comments he had, it was like – it just – some math didn't add up. Uh, it looks like he's back in the fold. I, I'll just say this, guys, and I feel this way with a lot of commitments, so it's not really just an upshaw thing, but just – I'll say this. Happy he's back in the fold. Happy he's a Gamecock. Forgive me if I'm not throwing a parade until Penn hits paper with this one because we just saw this a couple days ago. Um, listen, recruiting giveth and recruiting taketh away. This is why, though, this is why you don't overreact one way or the other. This is why you don't overreact one way or the other. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> my guy, Jesse Jacobs. Uh, my guy, I, 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 I do hit the gym, my guy. I appreciate the, uh, I appreciate the love. I appreciate the love. Appreciate the love. Yeah, we we do be in the gym, my guy. We do be. I, I actually go to the gym every day after uh, after TDC. Yeah. Um. But yeah, Upshaw is back in the fold. Upshaw is recommitted, I guess. And again, I'm happy for. It. I'm very happy. Just forgive me if I'm not if I'm not like making some huge deal of it on social media. I'm gonna wait on this one to make sure he actually signs. Let's just do that. So, um, Lynn Turner, love to see that we're two. Yeah, how about the simulation last night? Nobody has to know how we got there, but the Gamecocks are two and one, beat Georgia, lost to Arkansas, and then beat Georgia. How, make it make sense. Charles Holt, what's up, man? 
What's going on? Uh, Travis Allen, yes. Tree will commit Friday at 2 o'clock, he announced. So right at the end of TDC, Tree is going to announce his commitment. So that'll be a lot of fun. That will be a ton of fun. Uh, looking forward to that. That would be huge. The great wall of Carolina we're trying to build. Uh, Paul Turner, let's jump into this question. Any freshman you expect to make an impact on defense? Maybe Stone Blanton. Um, I think Stone Blanton certainly could. I think Stone Blanton certainly could. Uh, I, I think he'll play. I mean, no doubt I think he'll play. I, I don't think he's a starter off the jump. I mean, if you know, we got to go through fall camp and ju- – listen, I mean, Stone Blanton hadn't even had a practice yet, right? Didn't even have, he ain't even had a, ain't even had a practice with Carolina because he wasn't there in the spring. So who knows? Stone Blanton could step foot on campus and be that dude and be a starter. I don't necessarily think it's going to happen in the four two five. I think Sherrod Green's got one of those spots, and I think you're probably looking at like a Mo Caba at the other, um, Brad Johnson, something like that. So I don't think that Stone's an immediate starter, but I think he's certainly in the rotation. And who knows? By late season, maybe maybe he is a starter. Maybe he is a guy that's that's uh, you know, making a big impact for you. So, Daddy-O, recruiting takes time. This staff is building a solid foundation. I agree. And, again, it starts up front. I, I love seeing us get the big offensive lineman, dude. I, I just, you know, you would think that you wouldn't get all that excited, like, oh, it's an offensive lineman, boring. But, like, for us, I just think that's such a – I think that's such a position of need that it's just I, – I get excited when I see that. Because, like, I, like I've said, guys, before – and I think Beamer, obviously, he understands us much more than you or I do. But for the most part, everybody in the SEC has talented skill players, right? I mean, obviously, there's some that have more than others. Alabama has more talented skill players than Vanderbilt. No duh. But every team's at least got a couple of them, right? The biggest difference I see is up front, the line of scrimmage, and the depth at that position. And I think what you're seeing from Shane Beamer and company is that an emphasis and a focus, right, on that. The last couple of commitments, the guys they're targeting, these big body dudes, 6'7", 290, 6'7", 6'7", 315, you know what I mean? So I think they understand that is the foundation you're referring to. That is the foundation that you are referring to. <clears throat> uh, let's see. Daddy-O, the O-line doesn't get the headlines. They are the reason the skilled players are able to. Yeah, great, great way to put it. Let's highlight the comment. Great way to put it. It all starts up front. I've, I've, I've said it, as the great Robbie Davis once said, I'll say it till I'm blue in the face like a Smurf. You, you can have all those talented skill guys on the outside, but if you do not have the big uglies up front, it, it really doesn't matter. So, it really does not matter. <clears throat> uh, let's see. Oh, as far as... Uh, Paul Turner asked any other freshmen on defense. I, I Maybe an Anthony Rose, maybe a Keenan Nelson, a couple of those. I mean, you signed six DBs in this last class, so maybe one of those other defensive backs. Uh, so those guys can play. I, 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 I think for the most part, though, you're going to see veterans on the defense. So Garrison Tyler Arnett says, maybe you and Pat McAfee could do a show or a podcast. I'd love that. I, I think Pat McAfee does a fantastic job. I'm a huge fan of Pat McAfee. 
Um, what's funny, guys, is when you do your own podcast and you do your own show, and, and maybe maybe this is just me. Like I, I don't, I, I don't take a lot of time. I don't take any time actually. I don't take any time to listen to anybody else. I stay so busy with what I've got going on. I'll be honest with you guys. I don't have an hour to kill. And when I do have an hour to kill, it's almost like the last thing I want to do is listen to another person's podcast. You, you know what I mean? I, I don't mean to say that and like knock anybody. It's just like when you stay so busy getting after it, like the way that you decompress and detach is not to listen to a podcast. So I know, but I used to listen to Pat McAfee. I mean, heck, there's Gamecock podcasts that I used to listen to. You know what I mean? But it's like now I stay so busy. Like I, you know, it's funny, like, I see people doing the, the Twitter spaces and everything, like on a daily basis, which I think are great, right? Which I think are great. And I know like there's a lot of people that wish I'd do it more, but it's like, guys, we already drop a podcast and go live for two hours a day. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it'd be different if we didn't go live for two hours a day, 10 hours a week. And we do a live show at Tin Roof. And we do, you know, other things. So there's only so much you <laughs> Really, there's only so much you can do. I mean, I think there's some of you out there, you'd be happy if we just stayed live for 24 hours. Just stay live for the entire day. We'll just, we're going live today from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. We're just live all day long. That's it. Um, yeah, so. Jesse Jacobs. What are the chances Atkins is a much better recruiter than coach at that position? Well, Jesse, I don't think it's fair to judge yet because of the fact Greg Atkins basically missed the entire season last year with health issues. I think we need to see what it looks like this year. Obviously, the guy can recruit. You look at the guys he's brought in. You look at the guys they're bringing in. Greg Atkins knows how to recruit. I would, I would agree you need to see more out of the offensive line this year. I mean, there's no doubt. There's no question. There's no question. Let's see. Luke RJ, I've heard six foot four Nick Eamon Worry may be competing for the starting safety job this year, number 21. Um, yeah, I think Eamon Worry could play for sure. I, do I think he's a starter off the jump? No, I think they're pretty set with Devonnie Reed and RJ Roderick. I think those are the two guys. I mean, Beamer has literally said, like, those are our two starting safeties. Like, he, he's literally gone out there and said, um, those are our two guys. Now, I think Eamon Warrior is going to play. I think you've got a lot of talented freshman DBs that will play. I think you've got talented freshman DBs that will play. Um, so, and Eamon Warrior is one. And you love that size, six foot four. You love that size for sure in the back end. Uh, let's see. We got a long question here. I don't know who this is texting. Oh, here we go. Um, MJ, class of 2017 from Anderson. Shout out. Shout out to Anderson. He says, last year was a piece together team, saw a lot of staff changes, an abandoned recruiting class of Mushant departure. 2021 season, the books saw a lot of miscommunication, confusion on the field with the biggest eyesore being the offensive line. That being said, the players showed flashes of being capable to compete against blue-chip teams such as Georgia, Kentucky, Auburn, eventually posting 7-6. Okay. Now I want to bring up the times where we showed up and threw up. I'm talking solely about the blowout sponsored by Clemson A&M games, even the more competitive matchups, Missouri, Kentucky. What we saw with the play calling on both ends of the ball last year was at times horrendous. Can Marcus Satterfield learn from his mistakes? I'm trying not to have a heart attack by watching our team run the ball in third and long or see another screen pass 
Can we stretch the field? My question is, can Marcus Satterfield do better? Yes, that was a long-winded way to ask that. But MJ, yeah, I think Satterfield can, and I think he'll do better because he has better players. I think that is a lot of it. So... I think that's a lot of it. Um, no, I think Sat can do better, and Sat has to do better. Sat has to do better. I, I, there's, there's no, you know, there, there's no, um, there's no other option if he wants to come back. I will say though, I disagree with somebody on Twitter that said that there's no way Satterfield's back if we go seven and five. And I mean, guys, I think we could score thirty points per game and still go seven and five. Would y'all disagree? I mean, I, I, I think. Let me just put it this way: I think in that scenario, folks are just assuming that the defense is going to be – they're going to be even better this year. They might be, but we could go 7-5, and five, I think, and be much improved as a football team top to bottom just because of the schedule. Um, would anybody disagree? I think if we – I think we could go – we could score 30 points per game and still go 7-5. and five. I, I, don't, I don't think it's like 30 points per game equals 8-4 and four better. I, I don't think that's like a that, – that math ain't math, and I don't think. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, listen, I, I think Sat can do better. You know, it, it's obvious from your text, MJ, and, and you know, you sound like a very, very, uh, you know, informed fan, very educated fan. But again, it just a hundred percent of the blame on Satterfield. And I'm not saying Sat was great last year. Nobody thinks that. Nobody thinks that. But some of it has to be personnel, man. Some of it's got to be. I it just you can't just say it was all Sat. Some of it's got to be personnel, you know? So, hey, listen, now he's got the personnel. If we are what we were last year, well, it's obvious what the problem is. But, dude, the personnel just wasn't there to be successful last year. It just wasn't. I Again, I've said this before. I put 50% of it on set. It's crazy, by the way. We're exactly one month from kickoff for the 2022 season, and we're talking about this from last year. Like, we're still looking at Sat's shortcomings last year. I put 50% of it on Satterfield, his play calling, and I think at times they they overthought things and they made the scheme too complex. But I put 50% of it on, on the scheme, guys. I don't care what Marcus Satterfield dialed up in the Clemson game. Jason Brown didn't belong on the field that night. He was out of his element. He was out of his league. Didn't belong on the field that night. There was nothing Marcus Satterfield could have done. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Yep, Dalton, don't forget we got Freddie Kitchens as an analyst. Some of the conspiracy theorists out there think he's actually the one that's going to be calling plays. Um, Connor McCormish, we're in the Pac-12. What do you think our record would be? I have no clue, my guy. I have no clue. Genuinely have no clue. Zach Kaplan. All right, so let me get this comment first. Austin Ward, believe it or not, TSUS gets me through every day at work. Austin, thank you. Appreciate it, man. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I appreciate that. Zach Kaplan, I agree. It's helped me the last few weeks. <clears throat> New to TDC, enjoyed it so far. Zach, I appreciate you, my man. Thank you. I appreciate all the feedback, even positive and even negative. You guys let me know. What do you like about the show? Dislike, let me know. I take all feedback. <clears throat> Paul Turner, here's a good question. 
how often can we expect to see Jaheim Bell and Stodner in a double tight end set? I know Bell's going to line up all over. Having two tight ends of this caliber at the same time has been rare. No, the question's not too long at all, my friend. Um, I would expect a lot. I think you're going to see them on the field a lot together, whether it be they're both, you know, whether it be they're both lined up at tight end or Bell split out or whatever. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I think you're going to see them a lot. I think you're going to see them a lot. So why not? You just, you want to get the best possible players in the field, right? Now, I think if you're running the ball, you probably put Kenyon in there. I think Kenyon's more of a, and you might, hey, you might go Stog at one tight end, Kenyon at the other, and Bell split out. You might have Bell in the backfield. I mean, dude, did you guys hear Shane Beamer literally say, this was weeks ago, or I think this might have been at SEC Media Days. He was talking about Jaheim Bell. He said Jaheim Bell, if he worked out solely at running back, would probably be their best running back on the team. I mean, that's insane. So, you know, I, I really do look at Jaheim Bell as that Swiss Army knife type of guy. I, you know, I, I think that uh, he can play anywhere, and I think that makes him extremely valuable and dynamic, and and I'll be excited to see how they use him. Again, guys, the, the number one thing Satterfield has to figure out is who touches the ball and how often do they touch it. Because, again, a lot of folks are like, well, get Dak Joyner involved. Who are you taking who, – whose carries, whose touches are you taking away to get Dak Joyner the football? Because I don't want to take away Jaheim Bells. I don't want to take away Stoggs. I don't want to take away Vans. I don't want to take away – well, there's only so many guys that can touch the football. There's only so many so many players. So they're going to have to figure out on a week-to-week basis matchups and who needs to get the football. And Because, again – I just don't think it's going to fly with Gamecock fans if, let's say, you lose to Georgia and Bell touches it three times. I, I just don't think fans are going to be able to live with that. Um, it's just it's just not going to fly. You know what I mean? I dig music, says Chris. Jason Brown is better than DJU. No, absolutely not. On no planet. On no planet. I... I I understand DJ Uyunglele, and again, you bring this up, I dig music, because of the conversation I had yesterday with Mark Ryan, which was phenomenal, by the way. But Mark, you know, I, I told him the reason, one of the reasons I felt like South Carolina is going to beat Clemson this year, that I picked him, is because I feel like for the first time since 2013, the Gamecocks have the better quarterback in the game. Mark Ryan's argument that was that Jason Brown was a better quarterback than DJ Uyunglele. I couldn't disagree more. Could not disagree more. Listen, I'm not saying DJ Uyunglele is some great QB, but looking at that game specifically, Jason Brown didn't belong on the field that night. He just didn't. He just didn't. The guy was out of his element. Now that he's gone, we can just call it as we see it, and I, I do that normally anyways, but I don't care if Jason Brown gets his feelings hurt. I appreciate Jason Brown for what he did. The Gamecocks don't get to a bowl game without him. But on no planet, you right now, you give me DJU or Brown, I'm taking DJU and Lele. It's not even close. It's not even close. Not even remotely close. It's not even remotely close. So, Jeff Sweat says, Gamecocks will score 35 points each game with a 9-3 and season. Rattler wins the Heisman. <laughs> there you go, Jeff. On the record, out of babe. Love that. Love that. Lynn Turner says, drop passes aren't on Satterfield, and the quarterback merry-go-round wasn't on Satterfield. That's what I'm saying. 
That's what I'm saying. You got to give some, some credit to the personnel. Luke RJ, my biggest gripe was sat last year was all the motions before the play. I wish we'd just line up and snap the ball, especially when the play clock is low. Luke RJ, everybody works on motion. Everybody does. I don't think, and I, and I hate to tell you, my guy, I don't think motion's going away anytime soon. Like, everybody does that. Everybody does that. I dig music. I love that our offense has so many players that do multiple things well. And I'll see that knows that in the past. If you shut down Lat or Shy or Debo, we were done. Now we've got weapons everywhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I mean, we, we, we've certainly got weapons. I think we still have question marks, but we do have more weapons than we've had in a little bit for sure. Um, so and now we've got the quarterback. I mean, that's, that's the big thing. We've got the guy behind the controls to, to make it happen. I think we've had weapons before. We just we just did not have the guy in their center to to really to really get the most of it and to really make it happen. We just did we just didn't have that guy. So um let's see. No, Garrett, I don't think any other quarterbacks got into the the Clemson game. <clears throat> I dig music disagrees with Luke RJ. He says that motion is needed. Motion is needed. Craig Phillips in the TDC Questions channel, as I touch my hat, says Daily Crow drinking game. Take a drink anytime Chris touches his hat or face. Well, Craig, I'm just trying to get you hammered then. I'm just trying to get you hammered, my guy. Ken's Ben says, who's your most underrated player for USC this year? For me, it's probably Juju. Yeah, I think Juju's the most <clears throat> underrated player on the offense for sure. Um so I, I think that uh, I, I think Juju, without a doubt, is the most underrated player offensively. Defensively, <clears throat> defensively, mm, most underrated player. I'd probably still say a Strawn. I, I don't know. I, I just I think Strawn's gonna have a big year. I really do. I think Strawn is set for a big year. So I think he's probably the most underrated. Babes and Waves, do you think it's make, and make or break for Satterfield? Absolutely. 110%. Uh, yeah. If we have another poorest year offensively, I how does Satterfield survive it? I, he doesn't. Nor should he. Nor should he. Nor should he. It's a results-oriented business. And, I, I mean, he, here's the thing. Here's what you hate. Here's what I hate, at least. I want Satterfield to succeed. Because he's doing a great job in recruiting, right? I mean, we just had Dante Reno on the show yesterday, guys. And so, it's, it's kind of funny. Like, you think about it. You think about it. Fans question Sat. Fair enough. But, like, you got guys like Reno that believe in the guy. Rattler obviously believes in him, too. So, it's like... You know, as much as I value what Joey on Facebook has to say, like, I'm like, well, damn, this is coming from Dante Reno, who actually plays on the field, who actually knows the guy, you know? So, and now that Craig Phillips has said something, I'm just like, I cannot stop touching my face and my hat. So, congratulations, Craig. You started it. Good job. But again, it's, 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 it's a results-oriented business. And I don't, listen, I don't doubt, I mean, obviously, I, I, I just don't believe this, guys. I don't believe that these coaches just get jobs just to get them. Like, 
you do not get to this level and get a job in the SEC, no matter if you're an assistant, you're a, you're a head coach, you don't get a job at this level if you just don't have any clue what you're talking about. These guys know football. They know football, right? Marcus Satterfield knows offense. He knows football. The guy coached in the NFL. Like, he's not a complete idiot. He knows he shit out more football than you and I will ever know. Just give credit where it's due. With that being said, it's a results-oriented business. And nobody cares how much football you know if you don't produce and you don't put up numbers and you don't win games. Well, there's not a coach in America that is immune to the pressure and the hot seat and the inevitable change that will come if you do not produce. There's no coach that can get past that. So that's what it'll come down to for Marcus Satterfield. And that's what it comes down to for every single coach. So, you know, it's, it is indeed put up or shut up. Yeah, it's, it's, it's put up or shut up, no question. Yeah. There's no question it's put up or shut up. Rakeem Sprinkle, does Kitchens come downstairs if Sat starts off bad? Rakeem, I, I don't know, man. That seems to be, the, again, the conspiracy theory that people think that Kitchens is going gonna, is gonna to take over. I, I don't know, bro. I, and listen, I don't care if he does. I don't care if he does or if he doesn't. I don't care. Just make the offense work. I don't care who's doing it. Like, it doesn't bother me in the slightest. <clears throat> it doesn't bother me in the slightest who's coaching the offense. I just want it to work. I just want it to work. That's it. <laughs> I feel like that's how we all feel. So, yeah, Christian Carver, I did see that. Cam Upshaw is back with the Gamecocks. Um, again, what a what a weird saga. What a strange. And it's just, it's so funny and it's so ironic, by the way, that I, I posted that video on Sunday about, hey, here's a PSA. Like, you know, don't, don't, don't come down on a kid when he decommits. Like, it's ironic that I posted that. And then literally three days later, he's, he's committed again. Or t- like two days later. Literally two days, he's committed again. So, I I, I don't know, bro. I, like, love recruiting. It's the lifeblood of college football. It's necessary. But on the other hand, recruiting is like the dumbest thing ever. Like, like recruiting is the silliest, dumbest shit of all time. Like, it, it's necessary, but it has, there are things about recruiting that are just, you just have to deal with. You, you just have to deal with it. You know what I mean? I mean, dude, I could make a, we could do an entire show. We could do an entire segment at least about all the silly things that come with recruiting. And we could laugh about it because it's true. There's a lot of stuff that comes with recruiting that it's just like, it's just like, it's so silly. Like a lot of it is silly. I mean, I, you know, there, and, and and God bless the folks, because I like recruiting. I like recruiting more now than I ever have. Beamer has gotten me excited for recruiting, right? Because, again, today's recruits are tomorrow's stars. You have to have them, right? And side note, John Edwards says, hey, just wanted to say thanks for all you do. John Edwards, thank you for tuning in, my friend. Appreciate you. Thank you for the love. Thank you for the love, and, I, and I'll say this, by the way, on that note. Thank you guys for always holding me accountable, right? I, and I genuinely mean it. 
if a show doesn't drop on time, if the audio don't work, if this happens, you guys are letting me know. And I appreciate that. I do. I appreciate that. Thank you. We're a team. We work together. But yeah, I mean, there, there's, I love recruiting, but there are some things in recruiting that are just, they're just silly. I, or they're just, they're just things you have to live with. Like, you know, they're just things you have to live with in recruiting, you know? So, um, Justin Langford, I'm happy Upshaw came back because it can be very fruitful moving forward. Luke RJ, talking about the Pick 6 Previews magazine that evaluates every Power 5 team by Brett Siancia. Can you highlight one or two things he mentioned about SC this year? You know, Luke RJ, I would, but we're going to have them on the show. We're going to have him on the show, so I'd rather just wait and let you hear from him directly. Is that okay? I mean, we're, we're literally going to have him when the next – like, I'm, I'm planning on – I'd like to by next Wednesday's show because we drop our interviews on Wednesdays. On Wednesday's show, that'd be the Brett Siancia Pick 6 Previews show. You know what I mean? So I'll let him talk. Um, but he's, he's <clears throat> you know, I say he's high on the Gamecocks. He is not, he's not, you know, unrealistically high. I mean, I've got it right here. Let's see. I forget where he even picked Carolina to finish. This magazine's so dope. Yeah, he picked the Gamecocks to finish fifth, right? Just like everybody else. He's got Tennessee second, Florida, Kentucky tied for third, so. Um. Yeah. James Kendall, I remember my BCC commitment ceremony. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was televised and all. I remember that too. What a day that was, James. What a day that was. Here's a great one. I'm, I'm going to highlight this comment. AJ Bowers, I wonder who the biggest hater of your show is. I don't know, man. AJ, who's the biggest hater? Who is the number one TSUS hater? I, I don't I don't know. Like I there there's I'll be honest with you, we're at a point and it's such a blessing that the the positivity and 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 the support is so much louder than any of the criticism and the trolling more so is what it is. So I, I don't I don't know at this point. I really don't know. I really don't know. Um I don't know. I like. I really. I don't know. I don't know. You you guys tell me who it is. The the number one TSUS hater. That's funny. That's hilarious. I mean, they're out there for sure. They're out, but I don't know who number one would be. They're all they're all number one slap dicks. They're all number one slap dicks. Um, yeah, Will Muschamp or Billy Napier. They're the biggest haters. AJ says, you got so many of my guy, a lot of them probably tune in and say nothing, but let them hate. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. Um, I mean, a guy like, and I guess he follows now, but I won't even call him by name. But, like, there, there, yeah, there have been people that tune into the Daily Crow every day and, like, don't follow me and just talk shit on social media. And it's like, whatever. I'll take it. I'll take it, whatever. Uh, oh, oh, God, yeah. If you want to talk to Clemson people, then, yeah, the Clemson folks. Steve Fink, the number one. <laughs> Steve Fink's the number one eight. Nah, Steve Fink's fine. Whatever. It is what it is. I I, I ain't got nothing to uh I got I got uh nothing but love for Fink. Nothing but love. It's all good, man. It ain't it ain't even no big deal. Um let's see. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. 
Coach Ford, nah, Coach Ford's not a hater. Coach Ford is a passionate Gamecock fan. Oh, yeah, the, the message board minions. There's, there's definitely some haters in there for sure. There's definitely some haters in there. It's so funny, too, because a lot of folks don't even hate on the sports takes. I've had people send me screenshots and things people put on the message board, like the way he, he wears his hat and the hair comes out the back of his hat and he's got chains on and a tank top, and it's like, what are you actually mad about? What are you mad about? You're not even mad about a Gamecock thing. But it's all love, man. It's all good. It just comes to the territory. Uh, let's see. Paul Turner. I am not sure if Kai will be available week one. You would hope we're not going to need him. Like, you would hope that us not having our starting punter in week one wouldn't be that big of a deal. You'd hope it wouldn't, right? You'd hope it wouldn't. Um, but I, I, I think it's just something we got to follow through fall camp. I have no idea. Shane Beamer speaks on Thursday, or excuse me, Thursday, tomorrow. Isn't it crazy, guys? Fall camp starts in two days. Shane Beamer speaks to the media at uh, 3 o'clock tomorrow, actually. 3 o'clock tomorrow to discuss fall camp and everything else. Um, so I'm sure he will update. He will update Kai Kroger's status. Yeah, Dalton, just don't punt. Just don't punt. That's it. Just just go for it every like look, Georgia State, we're just going for it every fourth down. So Garrett H, here's a good question. Beamer's mentioned multiple times about how we should have a college football preseason. Do you agree with that? I do. <sighs> okay. Let me let me say this, Garrett. I have heard Shane Beamer mention this, the college football preseason argument, right? I would ask this, or I would say this. I don't think I'm in favor of like a preseason like the NFL, right? Where they're like actual games. Now, am I in favor of teams scrimmaging in the preseason? Sure. I'm I'm in favor of that. That's fine. I'm cool with that. Like, if it happened, if it happened, I'm not going to lose my mind, right? Like just more football. Cool. That's great. There's more football. But, like, it would be a weird feeling. Like, let me just pose the scenario, right, Garrett? Let's say South Carolina, Georgia Tech. South Carolina, Georgia Tech, right? They scrimmage in the preseason, and it's, but it's like a preseason game. Like, or let's just say Carolina, Georgia. Let's say they play in the preseason. Would that not be, like, weird? Because I'm not going to trash talk a game that doesn't count. You know what I mean? And then you bring in also Travis Allen. Like, what? think about what does the NFL use the preseason for? They use the preseason for guys to make the roster. Like, starters don't even hardly play. Is that how the college preseason will go? Again, I'm down for preseason scrimmages. I'm all for preseason scrimmages. Like, I think scrimmaging, I mean, just like baseball does, right? You have an inter-squad against other teams. Like, we've seen Carolina inter-squad Georgia Tech and UNC Wilmington and some others. But when you're talking about, like, a preseason, I would not do it like the NFL. You know, I, I wouldn't do that. I'm all down for scrimmages. Going up, hitting somebody else, I'm all for that. I'm not in favor of, like, a college football preseason. 
I'm just, you know, there are some pros though. Again, it's more football. There's more, more stuff for us to talk about, but at the same time, it's like, it's just like, it'd be, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a, I don't know. It's an interesting dynamic. But also, like you mentioned, it opens up the doors for, for, for more injuries. And, and, I mean, you don't want to think that way, right? You don't want to think about injuries and stuff like that. But, I mean, how would you feel, right, if we played a preseason game and somebody gets hurt? You're like, oh, my God. We just – it would open up a whole new door for madness, really, what it'd be. So, I, I don't know. I get what Beamer's saying, though. And I think a lot of coaches would agree with him. I think a lot of coaches would agree with him that, hey, let's scrimmage somebody else. I think it'd be a great a great opportunity to get young guys playing time. Let me get, hey, let me, hey, here's a more fun question. Here's a more fun question. Shane Beamer's in favor of a college football preseason, right? Shane Beamer's in favor of a college football preseason. Teams playing each other. Would you be excited to go, let's say they held it at Williams-Brice Stadium. Let's say that it was just like the NFL, like a preseason. Would you be excited to go? Would you go to the games? Or would it be like, man, this, this ain't even worth watching. Like, it's, it's literally a spring game. It's not even worth watching. I mean, it's an, it's an, it's an excuse to tailgate. <laughs> It's an excuse to tailgate. Why not? Why not? I think there's pros and cons to it. As I said before, I'm not down for a preseason like NFL structure. But if football teams want to scrimmage other people, I mean, they they do that in high school. If they want to scrimmage other people, I'm all for that. I'm all for that. Joint practices, I'm all for that. Just give you the chance to hit somebody else. But it'll never happen. You know why it'll never happen? Because coaches are so secretive. They're so anal, right? It'll never happen. It will never, ever, ever, ever happen. So, guys, we're going to go ahead and jump into our first break. But I want to continue to hear from you more of your questions, comments, calls, and more on the other side. You're tuned in to The Daily Crow. All right, guys, we're back. Taking your questions, comments, calls as well. 843-790-3377. That's 843-790-3377. I tell you, I think this chair is giving out a little bit. It's just like it kind of just drops on me. I don't know. I need to get a new chair. Um, anyways, back to your questions. Our guy Dalton in the TDC Questions channel. By the way, Luke RJ, thank you for highlighting the, the viewers on YouTube Looks like about 10 minutes ago, we had 72 viewers on YouTube. And and it's funny, the people that I've seen people before trying to make light of how many viewers you get. Like, dude, 70, I think 72 live viewers on YouTube or just whatever is a lot, right? And and I can see on the back end how many viewers we have in total. And we've gotten up to 100 today, live viewers, live viewers. Um, So, you know, it's been a lot of fun and really cool, I'll say this, to watch the numbers grow, you know, I, 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 I don't, I don't look, I don't look at the, uh, at the numbers and the analytics as much probably as you think somebody like me would, especially doing what I do. I just believe if you put out value, make great content, 
you get after it, you grind, the numbers will take care of themselves. And that's worked out for me to this point. But uh, it's fun to watch the numbers and the counts, the viewer counts and all that go up. It, it's, it's been a ton of fun, man, as business has grown and, and things have really taken off. And, and I just want to say thank you. I mean, for example, like the simulations, you know what I mean? The, the, the simulations, I mean, we're getting like a thousand views on those in a 24 hour span. Like we're having like 200 live viewers at once on these simulations. It's been incredible. So thank y'all. Uh, anyways, my guy Dalton in the TDC questions channel says, I get why SEC fans want preseason games and stuff like that, but I just don't think it's helpful. A lot of teams already struggle with depth and having preseason games, quote unquote, where there, where there are actual hits in game situations, open players up to more injuries. We've already seen players getting injured practicing camp. I just don't think it's a good idea. Yeah, again, that, Dalton, that's why I say I'm down for, like, practices, joint practices, scrimmages, stuff like that. Because then, like, if you put it – here's the thing. If you put it on TV and you advertise it as a preseason game, well, then you open up the door. Like, then you have to, like – it has to be an entertaining product. You can't just say, okay, well, we're only going to play third and four stringers. and Because then – because then there's no nobody's going to watch. You're, you're not going to get the return of your investment. I think it's just easier, again, to say no preseason games like the NFL format. I do think, though, again, I do think, though, again, um, I do think, though, that, uh, you know, you, you should be able to have joint practices, but it'll never happen. It will never happen. It will never, ever, 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 ever happen. Because these coaches, like I said, they're so anal, they're so secretive. They're, they're not going to give away their plays and, and what they're doing. and They're just not going to do it. They're just not going to do it, guys. They're not going to do it. Um, so, anyways, I, I'd be down for the scrimmages and practices. But I, I agree, depth being such a concern, you know, I, I don't think you'll see it happen. I, I really don't. I, I, I get where Beamer's coming from. He wants to see his guys hit somebody else. I know the guys on the team want to hit somebody else, but I don't think it's going to happen. So, uh, let's see. Mm, hold on. What am I? What are you, James Kendall? What are you referring to? It'll be two fifty on Monday. Oh, 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 two fifty viewers. Okay, I was like, what are you talking about? Yeah, dude, I mean, that's what's crazy, though. We're getting, like, upwards of 100. You know, when Garcia jumps on, we're, like, 120, 130 live viewers at once. I mean, we're not even in the game week yet. You know what I mean? So, I, I can't wait to see it. I, I can't wait to see it. And oh, Man, fingers crossed for a big year. I mean, it's so funny, guys. Obviously, the thing that drives me, I'm a Gamecock fan. I bleed the garnet and black. I have since I was 12 years old, despite what any slap dicks on social media might tell you. I uh, I've bled the garnet and black since I was 12 years old, and it's into 2002, beginning of 2003. So from the fan side, like I want us to win, <laughs> but it's interesting being on my end. I ain't gonna sit here and lie to you. Like I've got a real vested interest in the Gamecocks winning. <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like like I've got a a very significant interest in the result of counter football games. So. Uh, I'm excited. I think it's going to be a really, really fun year. Really, really fun year. Um, we're getting off topic of football and sports, but Ed McKinnis, I'll go ahead and just, I'll go ahead and address it. What are the three biggest benefits you derive from being alcohol free? Congrats on your recent milestone. And what Ed's referring to, if you have not heard, is uh, we hit a hundred days 
without alcohol, which I, uh, I'll be honest with you, I wasn't going to go on social media and make a really big deal of it, but I had a friend of mine that wanted to wish congrats. And I mean, obviously I'm grateful for that, but uh, three biggest benefits. Um, you know, there, there's been multiple, I would just say productivity has sky, you know, I've always been productive, but productivity has skyrocketed because I, you know, me and my merch guy, we've got like a little, not an inside joke, but an inside thing where we say kill streak, kill streak. And what I mean by that is like, if you've ever played any video game, right. Whether it be super Mario, call of duty, anything. Right. And you get like a certain number of like hits in a row or kills in a row. Right. You get the kill streak, you get the, you get the care packages, you get the, you get the up on your ratings or whatever. I'm like, that's what I told him. I was like, when you go so long without drinking, it's like you're on a kill streak. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like your productivity, like it levels up versus like when you're drinking, it's like you, you go like three, four days in a row and then you drink and you're hungover and you kind of go back down to zero. You see what I'm saying? So, I mean, not waking up with hangovers, the productivity skyrocketed. Uh, I would say all the relationships in my life with friends, family, everybody else is very healthy. And not that they weren't good before, but, um, you know, the peace – the peace in my life, no anxiety, no, no, no feelings of I'm creating content. I'm like, Oh my God, I'm not putting my best foot forward. I'm not, I'm not giving my best effort because I'm hung over stuff like that. You know, I, I just, we're at the point now, man, where it was time to level up and I've got very, very, I value greatly my circle value greatly the relationships in my life. And, uh, I value the people that, that, that are in my life. And, uh, I also just don't have days to waste. You know what I mean? I don't have days to waste. Uh, in regards to business, in regards to life, you know what I mean? And so uh, it's one of those things, man, with, for me, it was very, very easy to flip the switch. I, I had to, you know, I was, I was at a point, I was at a point where I had to flip the switch. I just had to. And, and it's, and it's not one of those things, guys, I want to make it clear. Like I didn't have a problem. I wasn't waking up and cracking a beer. I wasn't, you know, like I'm not, I, I didn't, I didn't flip a switch and have like withdrawals and I haven't had to have you know, honestly, like that's why I didn't want to highlight a hundred days or anything, just because like, I know there's people out there that really struggle with alcohol. Like it controls their life. And, uh, that was never the thing for me. I just like to every now and then cut loose and party, but it, it, it took a toll. It took enough of a toll to where it was not positively impacting my life. And, uh, so that's just a couple of the ways, but I don't, you know, I don't, we're obviously here to talk game cards. I don't want to go off on some crazy rant on that but i appreciate you asking like people care so yeah i'm i'm proudly sober i've still still light up a cigar i've I've really grown to enjoy smoking cigars like really grown to enjoy smoking cigars but uh yeah it's i i I genuinely don't miss it i really don't i really don't not even like a little bit i mean nope so anyways james kennel says beamer ball merch over fire Muschamp merch i i would agree with that <clears throat> I would agree with that. Um, let's see. Michael Cavalier, Chris, average points per game with Rattler at QB at Oklahoma, 43. Our defense only give up 24 points per game. Just my opinion, if Rattler has time to do his job, I don't see any reason why our offense doesn't have similar results. And if the defense has similar numbers, we could be in for a very special season. Michael, <laughs> I, like, I hear you. I, I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. I'd still say his personnel at Oklahoma was better I mean, dude, this guy had one of the best offensive lines in college football at Oklahoma. Their personnel was better. Like, you, you, you can't even argue it. Michael, it's not even close. I'm sorry, but it's not even close. You just can't argue it. Their, their personnel at OU was better. Um, 
And it's and it's just think about it, Michael. Like, do you really think the Gamecocks are going to go from being 116th in the country in offense to scoring 43 points per game? Like, think of the think of how big of a turnaround that is. That's that's asking too much, in my opinion. That's just asking too much. Um, I dig music. If you have talented depth, you don't need a preseason scrimmage. Okay, there we go. Sean Floyd, first time listener, father of the Queen Slayer. Been following. <laughs> Father of the Queen Slayer. Been following you on Facebook and Twitter. I've always thought they should have scrimmages like the high schools do, and I agree with you on that. Yeah, joint practice scrimmages, but more importantly, you're the father of the Queen Slayer. Chase Floyd's father is in the, uh, the show. Hunter Herlong, yes. Towels are in stock. Order your towels. I'm picking up more today. We will have them at 10 Roof tonight. We will have them at downtown Greenville tomorrow. And you can order them on the store. Get your towels. Get your towels today. Get your towels. Yes, they are in stock. Order towels. Order the towels. Uh, da, 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 da. Let's see. Brian Dean, I can't remember going into a season where we had so many players on an award watch list. I'm really stoked for the season. If you can't get fired up for Gamecock football, your wood is wet. I've never heard of that much. <laughs> I almost didn't want to read that because I'm like, what am I about to say? Uh, anyways, yeah, I mean, it is it is fun. Oh, God. It is exciting. Robbie, what's up, man? How are you? I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing on this hump day? I'm doing well, man. Appreciate you asking. What's going on? Uh, I personally do not. I mean, I would be okay with it, obviously, because I have no control over it if they were to do, like, a preseason kind of thing. But I honestly don't like it for this reason, okay? Say we have a scrimmage, right, against a Georgia Tech or somebody or whoever, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And one of our players or one of their players that is very key to their success for mm-hmm. the season gets hurt and is out for the season. Mm-hmm. That's not good. That is not good. You are correct. <laughs> okay. So I personally do not like the idea of doing a preseason. I understand where Beamer's head is at, right? But I don't like that idea mm-hmm. at all. So, and obviously there's probably more than just Beamer that would be okay with it, Mm. but I would not be okay with that. Yeah, like I said, I'm I'm down for practices and scrimmages and stuff like that because I think when there's no – when you don't have to worry about entertainment value, like they don't have to play their big guy. They could just play all freshmen right. if they want to. You know what I mean? They, they can control. Well, but like when yeah. you're putting a product on TV, because they, they'd obviously televise it, right? And we're going to be tuning in expecting to see a product that's entertaining. And so how entertaining mm-hmm. would it be if the best players aren't even playing? I, I just, yeah, I, I just, I'm not in favor of it either. Like I said, I'm, I'm down for joint practices. I'm down for scrimmages, 
all that good. Like, if they want to do that, they can figure it out on their own end, mm -hmm. fine, right? You got as just as much chance of getting hurt in a normal practice as you do in a practice like that. In a scrimmage. You know, so, I, right. you know. But, again, I just don't think it'll ever happen because, which I think it's kind of silly, but the culture of football, the nature of it, these – these coaches and everything, they just – they think their playbooks are like gold. They, they just, nobody can look at it. Nobody can see a single right. play. They got to they gotta close every scrimmage right. off. We can't let fans come to a scrimmage. Like, what are we going to learn, right. coach? Like, most of us – most people don't even know what they're watching. Like, what, what, you know, so mm -hmm. it is what it is, though. Like, the days of open practices and open scrimmages, them days are over, man. They, they don't happen. So, I just – I don't – like high school jamborees, right? You do high school jamborees and what have you. Basically, you, even if you use only like not even half your face, your, your playbook, they know what you mainly what what formation you normally would run out of. Mm. Only thing they got to figure out is if it's a run or a pass. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I I, I don't see coaches ever ever being down for that. No, no, uh, -uh. especially. I don't ever see Nick. I know definitely Nick Saban. He won't be down for it either. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> He'll probably be on the front line doing nope. Mm -mm. Nah, -uh. not gonna happen. Nope. Not a snowball chance in hell. Mm -mm. Nope. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. No. But um, I don't know yet. But if my dad starts feeling better, we might be at Tin Roof tonight. I don't know yet. <laughs> the, the last one, my guy. The last one. Oh, trust me, I've told him it was the last one. I was like, the last one, okay? It might, if it ain't the last one, it'll be the last one for a while, okay? That's what I, that's what I told him. So, yep. if he feels better, we'll yeah. try to head up there. Well, I hope to see you guys out there. I really do. All right. Most definitely. And, uh, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's all I got. That's how, that's how I feel about the whole scrimmage mm -hmm. thing. But um, you have a great rest of your Wednesday and a great rest of your week. Go Gamecocks and to heck with Clemson, you bunch of farming losers. Capital L7 weenies, okay? L7 weenies. Level, level 7 weenies, all right? That's what they are. All right? That's what Clemson fans are. Level 7 weenies. All right? Bunch of losers. All right, buddy. Have a good one. Robbie, appreciate you, my man. Thanks so much. Yep. <laughs> Great stuff from Robbie Davis, as always. L7 weenies. Uh, back to the questions. Luke RJ, when you were drinking beer, what type of beer did you usually buy? Great question, Luke. It really varied. I would drink anything. Um, everything from the lattes to IPAs to seltzers to whatever, man. I, I'd drink anything. Bud Light, whatever. Jonathan Lee, how many points per game do you think, Chris? Got to be better. Yeah, I think 30 to 31. I think we'll score right at 30. 30. If you look at my predictions and do the math, Jonathan Lee, if you look at my if you look at my preseason predictions, the ones that have dropped over the summer, right? Which I'll probably start republishing. I'll probably start – this is what I did last season too. Starting probably this Saturday, I'll probably start republishing the game-by-game -game predictions because there's some of you out there that somehow has st have still missed them. So, what, this Saturday is four – yeah, four more Saturdays, right? So, like, the next three Saturdays, I'm going to repost my predictions so you see it. But if you do the math on those predictions and the scores, 
I've got us right at 31 points per game. Right at 31 points per game. Um, let's see. Dustin says there are no more Beamer Ball tanks available on the store. Are they sold out for some reason? I'm actually checking right now. Why am I not even seeing? They're on there. Yeah, go hey, go to tanks. They're on there. Both in white and black. Beamer Ball tanks, Dustin, are on the store. I, I don't know why they're not listed under the Beamer Ball collection. But if you go to tanks on the left, they're there. I promise you they're there. Uh, Garrett H., what's the, what's the most unrealistic take you've heard this season? Well, probably the guy who just said that Rattler's going to win the Heisman. Like, I'm sorry, guys. That ain't happening. That ain't happening. Just because, dude, you have to put up such unrealistic numbers. And your team basically has to win the comp. Like, you have to go to the – I think Carolina had to win at minimum nine games. At minimum nine. And they probably would have to win more. They'd probably have to go to Atlanta. Right? So – that that's probably it. I, you know, I don't. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I've seen a too too crazy, but that one probably takes the cake. Zach Kaplan, wait, there's a TSUS tailgate. Is anyone able to come through? Is it just close friends? Yeah, Zach. Anybody? The TSUS tailgate, which you'll see details released very soon. But yeah, same place where we were last year. Sea Wells, right across the street from the Rocket in the fairgrounds, and we have the. TSUS and the big cock club flags flying high, my friend. So, uh, yeah, Sea Wells, Sea Wells. Yeah, you'll see. I mean, again, I, I will post all the details on social media if you don't follow us, Zach, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Come on out, dude. Anybody, anybody, the more the merrier. You know, anybody, everybody, come on by. You're a Gamecock. Hell, we've had people that weren't Gamecocks come out. So please, please stop by. We'd love to see you. We'd love to see you. Uh, Andrew Horrell says the audio is cutting in and out. That was seven minutes ago, though, so I think that might be you. Um, here we go. Look at Brian Dean. Brian Dean says Carolina will average 38.6 points per game and give up 15.3 points per game on defense. Brian, from your lips to God's ears, my friend, God bless you. I pray you're right. I mean, Brian, realistically, then Brian, what's your prediction for the season? Because if that, if those are the averages, bro, we're going 11 and one. Like we're, we're, who are we losing to with those, with those averages? How many games are we losing with those averages? Brian Dean, realistic, like really though, what's the record? I think we're better than nine and three with those averages. We're better. We are better than nine and three. That's a ten and two at minimum average right there. Again, from your lips to God's ears, my friend. I, I just, you know, it's crazy for the folks. Again, I, I think most have. Realistic expectations. I, I just say this again, man. It just, it just, I'm excited for it, right? I'm, I'm super pumped for that week two game against Arkansas. Super pumped. 
it just scares me a little bit that folks, I feel like there's a large portion of the fan base that is putting all their stock in that Arkansas game. Like, like it's, it's going to be like, okay, the Arkansas game is, we're either legit or we're not. That's it. And, and I just, I don't think that's fair to judge this entire season off that one game. I don't think that's fair. But unfortunately, and I think a lot of it's more so the casual fans. I, I think a lot of it's more so the fans, they're probably not watching TDC every day, they, and which is fine, right? I mean, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not knocking these people. But, like, they don't follow along every day. They just look at the schedule like, oh, Arkansas. If we lose that one, ah, same old Carolina. If we beat Arkansas, hey, we got a shot this year. Brian Dean's got 10 and 2, bro. I, I, Brian, I, I mean, dude, I, I don't know if you've listened to me a whole lot, but I'd sign up for 8 and 4 in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. Brian, just please don't go into depression if we go 7 and 5. That's all I'm asking. Tommy Taylor, been a Carolina fan all my life. People got high hopes. Won't happen this season. These just won't happen this season. Carolina's going seven and five. I dig music. I'm glad we're back to the level of expectations we had under Spurrier, though. People want nine wins, and that's where we should be. Listen, I like, as I said the other day, I like high expectations. I like, I like hype, but I think you can have hype while also being realistic. And I've said it, guys. I mean, hell, I know Brian Dean's going to disagree. Cocky Twan's going to disagree. Luke RJ's going to disagree. I dig music. You might disagree. I think the best-case scenario, realistic best-case scenario for this team is 8-4. and four. I think any more than 8 is just way too aggressive. I think worst case, 5-7, and seven, realistically, I don't see this team winning less than 6 games. I think somewhere between 6-6 six and 8-4 six and, eight and four is where this team lands. I think 5-7 and seven is too aggressive on the pessimistic side, and I think 9-3 and three or better is too aggressive on the optimistic side. I, I just, guys, again, to say you're going to go 9-3. and three, I mean, if you go 10-2, and two, you're basically like a top-10 team. Carolina ain't there yet, guys. We're, we're not there yet. I don't think we're there yet. Again, I'd love to be wrong, but I don't think we're there yet. So, I, I just, you know. We'll see though. I mean, that's why they play the game. That's why they play the games. I, I'd, I'd love to see it happen. Again, guys, podcast dropped this morning, episode six eighty four. Well, I say this morning, not as early as it was supposed to, but either way, dropped today, episode six eighty four. The twenty twenty two opponent preview series continues talking the Vanderbilt Commodores. Also, great conversation with Jamie Shaw of on three as we detail the G.G. Jackson saga and how it came to be that he signed with the Gamecocks. Guys, we continue on. We're going to jump into another break, but I want to continue to hear from you more of your questions, comments, calls, and more on the other side. You're tuned in to the Daily Crow. All right, guys, we're back. Taking your questions, comments, calls here on this Wednesday, 843-790-3377. 
Um, getting back into your questions, by the way, guys, in case you missed it yesterday, big news. Uh, we picked up a new sponsor, new partner for the 2022 football season. Uh, my friend Dallas over at A1 Air Quality Consultants. We officially got everything finalized yesterday. Um, starting the week of Georgia State, they will have a sponsored segment on the show every Friday, the Lead Pipe Lock of the Week. Also, guys, really excited. He actually just shot me an email. We are going to be doing some promotional uh, just giveaway items at tailgates this year. So I think he wants to get koozies made up with my logo on one side, his logo on the other. So who doesn't love free stuff? Who doesn't love free stuff? So, dude, the tailgate's going to be – I mean, last year was awesome. Last year was cool. The tailgate this year is going to be on another level. Um, and we're still talking with Carolina Alehouse and the Miller Light folks on them possibly sponsoring the tailgate. We're going to have, you know, I'm going to have my own koozies. We're going to have towels. We're going to have these stuff, this stuff to give away. We might have even more free merch to give away. So just stay tuned, folks. 31 days until kickoff, 31 days until we're back at Willie B. I mean, I know I'm going to say this probably every fall before kickoff, but this is going to be the biggest and baddest season we've ever had, man. It's it's not even close. It's going to be incredible. Um, Let's see, a lot of predictions coming out from you guys. Robert Walker, I see eight and four with a few bounces, nine and three. I dig music. I agree with you completely. We could be seven and six and be a better team than last year, more competitive, and I would not be mad. Robert Walker says 10-plus wins are a few years away. I'd agree, yeah. We're not, yeah. Need a couple years, and let's be patient. Let's be patient. Uh, Dylan Prothman, nine and three is my pick. Losses to Georgia, A&M, and Clemson. Like, Dylan, that's just, that just seems, that just seems too simple. Like, Dylan, you just think, okay, we're just going to lose all the games that we're going to be double-digit favorites or uh, underdogs in, and we're going to beat everybody else. All the swing games, we're going to win. That's like, I, I just, I don't know. That, that to me seems just too typical. It's college football, bro. It's crazy. I, I, that just seems too typical to me. I dig music because I'm sticking with the psychic prediction. Hey, I hope the psychic's right. Eight and four, I take it. Lynn Turner, the tailgate is at Seawells. Again, follow on social media, and you will see all these details drop as we get closer to kickoff. Seawells across the street from the rocket in the fairgrounds. Right down the road from right next to Jay's Corner, practically. Right next to it. Spots 93 to 96. You can't miss the TSUS and the big cop club flags flying. You truly can't miss it. Um, I dig music says from here going forward, it's winning season or bust. Never should we at least not go to a bowl. Yeah, I, I'd agree. I mean, I think the minimum expectation obviously is bowl game every single year. Go to a bowl game. And again, I said it yesterday, going to a bowl game is still a big deal for South Carolina. We have not been to enough to be like, oh, it's just a bowl game. Mm, no, nah, it's still a big deal. Winning bowl games is still important here. So. Cody Gaskins with a take. Arkansas is more of a loss than the Clemson game. Hmm. Okay. So you're saying Arkansas is a tougher game than Clemson. Cocky Twan says, I didn't think we'd win as many as we did last year. Just having Spencer alone should account for three more regular season wins. I... Cocky Twan, if only it were that simple. If only the transitive property worked that way. You know what I mean? If only it worked that way. So, Cocky Twan, let me ask you this. And and I've posed this before, but people just don't seem to want to talk about it. 
Spencer Rattler does his thing. Spencer Rattler balls out. The offense is better. But what happens? Why is no one, Why nobody, why is no one giving more attention to the fact that South Carolina defensively last year made a living off turnovers? And who did South Carolina lose from last year's team? Their top turnover guy. So what happens, Cocky Twan, if Rattler's obviously a major improvement. The offense is much better, but the defense takes a step back. Well, then what? Then what? I just think most folks, I'm not saying that's even going to happen, but it could. It could. There's no guarantee Devonnie Reed's going to be what Jalen uh, Foster was. There's no guarantee. There's no guarantee the run defense is all of a sudden just overnight going to get better with practically the same players. There's no guarantee to that. There's no guarantee the ball is going to bounce our way on defense and we're going to win games literally via turnovers. There's no guarantee of that. So I'm just saying that, like, I'm not saying that's what's going to happen, but, like, everybody wants to put it on the offense. Well, if the offense is better, we will win three more games. But you're just, you're, you're, you're making that assumption under the, again, assumption that everything is constant and it's not. There's no guarantee the defense is what it was last year. I'm not saying they take some major step back. I'm not saying there aren't guys returning. I'm not saying this isn't a more talented defense than last year. But when it comes to turnovers, I just, I just, that's my question for the defense. I've already talked about this, but that's my question for the defense. If we're not getting turnovers at the rate we got them last year, can we still be a good defense? Are we still going to be a good defense? Cocky Twan with the with the comment of the year. This is like this is like this is like every per source guy on Twitter. This is Cocky Twan. Chris, the defense will be better. Trust me, bro. Oh, okay. Well, Cocky Twan said it, so it's true. Yep. Never mind. Sorry. Sorry for doubting the all-knowing Cocky Twan. Cocky Twan says it. Per sources. The sources, trust me, bro. All right. Fair enough. We can stop talking about it now. <laughs> Cocky Twan, I just think it's healthy. I just think it's healthy to, to, to look at both sides, right? Both sides, because it, it's what you say. Is, what, I, what I say is not fact. What you say isn't fact. We just, we don't know right now. This defense is more talented. This defense is more talented. But are we able to get the football off of people? Well, I mean, and, and we're, we're all giving the benefit of the doubt to Clayton White, Torian Gray. I'm just saying, though, I mean, there's, there's, it's not a guarantee this defense is lights out. You know what I mean? Yeah, somebody in our TDC questions channel says, 10 and 2, why not just say 12 and 0? Yeah, th- at that point, if you're being bold enough to, to pick us to go 10 and 2, why even pick us to lose a game? Just pick us to go 12 and 0. Go all out. No, Cocky Twan, not, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about Brian Dean who picked us to go 10 and 2. Um, I, Cocky Twan, I'm just, listen, obviously my pick, I'm, I, I picked us to go 8 and 4. 
I think the defense is going to be solid this year, but I can still look at it and just say it might not be what it was last year. We we might not get those those turnovers that we got last year. You know, we were very fortunate in some instances. And again, my question just comes: if we don't get them, will we stay productive? All right, let's jump to the phone. To accept. Luke, what's up, man? How are you? I'm good, man. How you doing? I'm doing well, man. Appreciate you asking. What's up? Uh, so I just wanted to call in. It's been a while, actually, maybe a couple of weeks since I've uh, called in. I want to relay some information I heard, I, I think, um, starting with the offense. I want to get your thoughts on this. Um, the You know, with Satterfield um, calling the plays, there was some talk about how, you know, like he wouldn't get the plays in time. Um, like in enough time where, you know, like the play clock's not winding down or false or uh, delay games and stuff like that. But the biggest thing with the offensive line was the communication between the quarterback and the offensive line. Like, for instance, um, uh, Douglas, Eric Douglas, the center, he would, uh, he was, he's supposed to make the check at the line first, and then if the quarterback saw something, then the quarterback was supposed to, you know, maybe adjust the play. And basically what happened a lot of times was, you know, we had four different quarterbacks, but sometimes the quarterback would would make the adjustments before the offensive line made the call. If I'm uh, uh, relaying this correctly, mm-hmm. and – um and then, and then a lot of times people just didn't know exactly what was being called, and there was just a a bunch of confusion about you know what what everybody was supposed to do, like either going left or right or or picking up a linebacker and stuff like that. Yeah, there was a lot of confusion. I mean, I, I think I've mentioned this before. We may have talked about this, but I was at the Vanderbilt game last year and. Uh, I think Doty got sacked or there was some negative play and you, you could see Douglas barking at Luke Doty. I, I mean, there was a lot of confusion with the offensive line and, and uh, you know, again, talking to guys that played at South Carolina that obviously know know a lot more football than we do. Uh, you know, they felt like they were asking the line to do way too much, you know, brand new scheme, brand new system. They were asking those guys a little bit too much of those guys. Thought the scheme was too complicated and complex. And again, then we hear about uh, – this preseason, Greg Atkins not being there for the majority of the season. So, th- there was just a lot of – it was a mess with the offensive line. Um, I do think having a steady hand in our center and Spencer Rattler is only going to help the line. I, I really do. Uh, I think that should help. And I think, obviously, second year in the system and you got basically your entire two deep back, that should help immensely as well. Um, but, yeah, it was a mess. It was a mess, no question. And it was a learning experience for – you know, basically all parties involved. So you just hope that they take the experiences from last year. You know, they see what they did well, see what they didn't do well, improve on it, and apply it this year. You know what I mean? I, there's just – I mean, listen, I'm not saying that on the offensive line, I think there are some guys that are just limited talent-wise. There's some guys that aren't the best guys. You know what I mean? That's why you're recruiting, right? But for what we saw last year, you're better than that. That that just – that was ridiculous. So – 
And I think, too, with Satterfield, I've said this many times, too, if you know, like, I think these coaches, again, these coaches aren't idiots, okay? So they're in preseason. If you're Marcus Satterfield, you're Shane Beamer, you're watching this team practice and you're saying, I don't know, man, I think our O-line is just limited. We don't look like we're going to be all that good again. You know what I mean? It's just not a good enough excuse for me this year. Scheme around it. you, you got to find a way to move the ball. You can't just go through this season, have a bad offense. Fans aren't going to accept the excuse of, well, we just we got to recruit better linemen. Granted, they're not going to say that, but, like, you see what I'm saying? Like, it's just not going to be a a, a a good enough excuse this year. So, yeah, communication issues, though, man, that, that's, that's something that was frustrating about that. That doesn't take talent. It doesn't take talent to, to communicate and to get on the same page, you know. So, you just hope with Greg Atkins being back in the fold and being there every single practice and this being the second year in the scheme of the system, that's something that, that resolves itself. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, with with the quarterback, you know, the part the biggest thing with the quarterback is the leadership and knowing what should be done, um, and not you know like make a decision that under pressure that you know can cause confusion. Like everybody being on the same page. Mm-hmm. So all four quarterbacks last year, you know, they kind of had a problem with that and. They can read the defense better than the other player. They can, uh, you know, make better passes. But if the team's not, uh, you know, working together and being efficient, you know, that, that's that's also, uh, you know, something that's valuable with uh, whoever's out there with quarterback. But I did heard I hear also that, um, you know, the offense like you would you would think that they've learned a lot from last year's experience and you saw you saw it with the bowl game how much success they had on offense um but just overall like knowing the protections correctly um you know knowing how to you know that we have to get a certain play in by a certain amount of time on the clock you know not having you know delay games and stuff like that so it should it should be a greatly improved this as far as like the communication mm-hmm. and everybody being on the same page. Um, but with the defense, I also heard that, um, that there's four players. There may be one other person, but I didn't catch the other guy's name. But um, so Nick Barrett on the defensive line and TJ Sanders. So along with all the other uh, players that are supposed to, um, you know, be contributing on uh, on the D line are supposed to be like you know big contributors, and you will see like they um, they're they're going to be good players. And then you know I commented earlier about uh, Nicky Mawari um, possibly you know breaking through in the starting role, you know, but even if he doesn't, he'll play. Uh, hopefully, he'll play like a big part is what I'm hearing. And then. Um, the other guy, the other guy is Anthony Rose from Miami, Florida, and Stone Blanton. The Rose would be a cornerback and Blanton that uh, linebacker. So, and uh, in the in the practices, like the player run practices, um, the defense seems to like have really, you know, also on communication and and what everybody else is supposed to do with Clayton White second year, and all the veterans at linebacker, like the D line is you know, fitting the gaps and the linebackers are 
complimenting them. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, you can't just assume that we're going to be better, like you're saying, because um, we're, you know, our roster is not just like, you know, head and shoulders above everybody that we play or anything like that. But, um, like I said, I heard last night that there, there are some good, there's some good signs about, you know, both sides of the ball just with communication. My guy Luke RJ got sources. Yeah. Per sources season. No, I'm just giving you hell. Um, no, I mean, <laughs> I, I, would, I would say this too, and, and I want to make the point also that, and you just reiterated it, but I'm not, when I say what I said about the defense, like I'm not trying to say to you, like I'm not trying to pitch you reasons, oh, that, you know, the defense is going to be worse. There are reasons the defense will be better. I think the defense is more talented top to bottom. I mean, I, I think it's hard to argue against that, really. I think the defense is deeper and more talented top to bottom. I think there are just also reasons you could argue that the defense could, I'm not saying take a major step back, but maybe not be what they were last year. We're really not going to know because, again, I just think a lot of this defense's success last year was dependent on turnovers. And I'm not trying to take anything away because if you were a good defense, in my opinion, you are forcing turnovers. You're putting yourself in position to get turnovers. but some of turnovers is being right place, right time, and some of it's luck. You know, that fumble that comes out and it bounces your way, right? Like that, no, no skill or talent or anything made that ball bounce the way it did. Sometimes you just need a good break, you know? Hey, to win a title, you need a good bounce. Sometimes you just need a good bounce. So I just, I just wonder, you know, if we're not getting the turnovers, can we still be um, – a good defense because I mean, think, dude, it's not like we shut everybody out last year. I mean, Georgia, Georgia made our defense look like shit. A and M scored forty-four points. Like there were games that our defense did not have great game. For the most part, they played well. Um, but again, I think there's reasons you could say they'll be better. Reasons they'll be slightly worse. I, like I don't think I've already predicted it. I don't think we take some major step back defensively. I think we kind of, when you look at the sum of the pieces. I think we kind of what we are last year. I, I think that – I don't think the pass defense is top 10 in the country because I think the run defense will be a little bit better, so teams will throw it more. I mean, honestly, I don't want a pass defense in the top 10 in the country because, again, I don't want teams to just run the football on us 90% of the time because we can't stop it. I want teams to have to throw. So, with that being said, you know, I, I, I don't know that we quite get the amount of turnovers we did last year. I mean, are you going to have a safety that has six interceptions – I don't know that that'll be the case. But, again, going into last year, who would have picked Jalen Foster to have six picks? I know I wouldn't have. I certainly wouldn't have. I mean, I thought the secondary was going to be terrible last year. And look what happened. So, you know, it's got to excite you for sure that I think Clayton White, again, did so much more with so much less than he has this year. But I just – the turnovers are my question. But I just want to make that point. Like, I'm, I'm not I'm not trying – I just like to see both sides of it, you know. I like to see both sides of it. Um, I feel confident what Clayton White and Torian Gray, Jimmy Lindsay, that entire defensive staff, what they're doing. I don't think we're elite defensively. Um, I think there's still probably teams on our schedule that could give us some problems, some matchup problems. But I think for the most part, we're a solid enough defense to where if we score 30 points per game, we will win seven or eight games. I, I, I think, you know, I don't think – the defense is going to be like some major weakness and we're just going to have to outscore everybody. 
right? So, yeah, um, yeah I mean, because you, you talk about it at all three levels. I mean, they're talented players. I mean, linebackers should be a lot better. You know, secondary led by Cam Smith showed last year. Um, you got some really talented young guys. I mean, you got good players on defense. There's no, in my opinion, there's no reason why the defense couldn't be, you know, I guess, I guess we'd call last year it was a strength, right? I mean, it wasn't a dominant defense, but it was, you know, I, I think one of the reasons too, man, is that we felt like the defense was so good last year. And they were, they were good. Top 50 defense in the country, solid. But the defense was so bad in 2020 that it made 20, it made last year feel like, God, we're just elite defensively now. And it's like, no, we're just not giving up 36 points per game now. So, like, it made us feel like, you know, we were elite on the defensive side. But, no, again, I, I think we're going to be good enough defensively um, I still question us stopping the run, to be totally honest with you. I mean, that's one of the reasons I picked Arkansas to beat you week two. You know, they've got four or five guys back up front. You haven't proven you can stop the run. You know what I mean? So, I need to see it. It starts week one against Georgia State, a team that averaged 226 yards per game on the ground last year. I understand they're Georgia State. I understand they're, they're not on the SEC level, but we couldn't stop anybody last year. So, I think it starts week one. You really do need to set the tone, stopping the run. Hold Georgia State to under 100 yards, right? Hold them to under 100, right? Um, take that into the Arkansas game because Arkansas is going to run the football. They're going to have success doing it too. You know, they're, they're going to be able to run it uh, to some degree, you know, but are you able to hold your own and not just allow, you know, like last year, think of the Mizzou game, my man. Like how, how maddening was that? I know you, Luke, RJ. I know how much you love counter football. I can't imagine sitting with you watching a game like Mizzou pulling your hair out. They're running for 220, 240 yards on us. We can't run the ball at all. It's just like, what is going – I mean, I, again, I talked about that on Monday. That was probably the most maddening loss of the season, I think, last year when you really look back at it and the matchup and none of it just made sense. So, uh, running the ball, stopping the run, that is the major area of improvement we need to see. And But, you know, I, I think there are a lot of reasons you could give, as you mentioned, why the defense will be better. I mean, you'd like to think Year two, top to bottom, we're going to be better in a lot of different areas because of just simply put, it's year two, right? It's year two. Yeah. There should be a step taken forward. So, I just wonder, my question for the defense is, who is the Jalen Foster this year? Who's the guy that steps up and is that sort of that big play guy? Who's that turnover guy? Is the, is there a guy or is it dispersed amongst a bunch of guys? But it, Or is there a dude that's like the turnover machine? You know what I mean? Because you are still going to need turnovers. You're going to need to get them uh, to have success this year. So, Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm definitely not an insider, but I do like to uh, keep up with you – know, I'll get you an insider shirt, Luke RJ. We'll get you an insider shirt. We'll make it official. <laughs> nah. Luke RJ, the insider. I'm definitely not but I, I do like to keep up with uh, what everybody's talking about. Um. You know, and, and talking about watching a game, you, you might be surprised, actually. I don't get too uh, too high or too low, kind of like what Beamer says, you know, mm-hmm. kind of stay. Because at the end of the day, like, I kind of I kind of feel like, you know, there's always hope that we can come back unless, you know, uh, it's, uh, you know. You know a, unless it's, a, a unless it's Texas A&M. Unless it's Texas A&M last year. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Yeah, I, I still don't. I still don't really do uh, too too bent out of shape about it. You know, I right. do care a lot, uh, but I'm not like one who's screaming at the TV yeah. or like talking about, about you know the coaches and mm-hmm. stuff like that. I kind of just 
you know, stay right. calm or whatever. Um, You'd be, but, you might you be know, surprised to find I'm, I'm actually very much so the same way. I'm actually very much so the same way. I just, I don't know, man, screaming at the TV and going crazy. That ain't going to make them do anything better. You know what I mean? It just, it's just like, what's the point? Um, what's the yeah. point? You know what I mean? So no, I'm, I'm kind of the same way actually. Yeah. Yeah, I don't uh I don't do stuff like that, but um you know, even the even the Vandy game last year, like I was it was like one of the worst South Carolina games I've ever seen. But like at, but deep down I was like, if we lose this game, this will be one of the worst losses ever. And but I I, I just had a feeling right. uh watching that game that like there was just some way that we were just gonna pull it out. Because there was still enough time on the clock, there was still, you know, enough possession. Oh, you have possession and and everything. I was just like, this could be the greatest, uh, you know, like, you know, that drive could be remembered forever for what Zeb Nolan did. I mean, that was just. I mean that I that that not, that game. So, if you lose yeah. that game, it derails the 2021 season. I I think I'm confident in saying that. Like I. I don't even know that you beat Florida yeah. or Auburn after that because I think you're just so shot mentally. You know what I mean? I think you're so shot mentally. Like so, I mean that that I mean, dude, we could look back in five, ten years, and let's just say Beamer's still the coach, obviously, and we've won an SEC. And you look back and be like, man, remember when Zeb Nolan? I mean that that could have changed the program had you lost to Vandy. It, it's you don't want to, you know, I, I, you don't want to be over dramatic, but truly, I mean, it it really could have, really could have. So yeah, that's wild how things work out it's crazy yeah and it and it's and it, it was just bandy and you know but, but still it was, it was yeah yeah still it was thank it god was, it was big to, yeah. to come back and to win that. yeah um um yeah but uh i just think what what you're saying about the defense we really have to be careful that you know what we what we especially don't see is games like you're talking about A and M with 44 points or you know whoever whoever like kind of put a lot of points on us like hopefully you know what we see this year is that we don't our defense can stand uh, you know whoever we play that we just don't you know they can they they'll give us some points but they won't just um, you know, not be able to stop like, you know, Beatty last year for Missouri or, uh, you know, just anybody that scored a lot of points against us. Um, you know, hopefully that's, that's where um, we'll be improved where we're not getting blown out. But I think that the offense, the offense will, if, if we're moving, if we're moving the chain, that's what I was talking about three and I hate three and out. If you go three and out, you give the ball right back to someone. And if you're not moving the ball or giving, um, you know, moving the ball. And give the defense possession. a breather. Well, yeah, or or just psychologically, like, oh, damn, our offense can't do shit right now. You know, like, and, and the defense is saying, well, we got to come up, come out here and help our offense out. But if the offense is consistently, you know, like if the defense gets a stop and they're like, all right, we're giving it back to Spencer now. You know, let him, let's he's going to do his thing, and you know it can it can help both sides of the ball if if each one is productive. You know, if we put up points, 
it'll encourage the defense. All right, now we need to stop. You know, stuff like that. So it goes back and forth. So, yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. No, it's uh, yeah, sustaining drives, sustaining drives. It's a big deal. So it is a very big deal for sure. Yeah. I just hope we don't. You know, we gotta, we gotta. I hope we don't go three and out. Like I hate three and out. You know, I know the defense, like you said the other day, it'll win sometimes. But at least get like one first down. Like you know, there, you don't have to score a touchdown. But like sometimes all you need is like one first down or two first downs, and you can count that as a successful possession just because of the impact that it has, like either running the clock or giving the defense a breather. Uh, it's so important. Mm-hmm. So important. It's- For sure. For sure. Very well said, my friend. Now I agree with you a hundred percent. So. All right, Chris. Well, I'm looking forward to uh, my Beamer ball merch. Uh, yeah, dude, I appreciate I you. Yeah. I appreciate you, man. Or like uh, earlier this week. Yeah. Yeah, those hats are fire. All the merch is fire. Um, that's that's what I got today. I appreciate uh, appreciate everything you do, man. Luke RJ, legend. Appreciate it, man. Thanks so much for the call. Great stuff. All right, later. All right, brother. Take care. Good stuff from Luke RJ. My guy David Garrick was trying to call in. Dave, call back in if you like, real quick. Call back in if you like, my man. I apologize. I ignored him twice. Uh, I ignored you twice, Dave. I apologize. I don't know if David's going to call back in or not. Kelsey Quarles, our dude, is chimed in. Believe it or not, Vandy's a tough place to play. If we beat teams we're supposed to beat and give ourselves a fighting chance, we'll win a lot of games. Well put from one of the most legendary Gamecocks to ever wear the garnet in black. Kelsey, again, thank you for tuning in, my friend. Um, thank you so much for last week calling in. That was awesome. So I've been, I've been getting so many compliments, Kelsey, on that conversation. And, hey, I'll say this. If it's something you want to do on a weekly basis, my guy, I'll hit you up. We can set it up. And we got a spam call. All right. Hey, let's jump into one final break, guys. Let's jump into one final break. But I want to continue to hear from you on the other side. More of your questions, comments, calls, and more on the other side of the break. You're tuned in to The Daily Crow. All right, guys, final couple minutes or so here on the Daily Crow, taking your questions, comments, calls. Uh, Let's see. Jeff Gulledge might be a bold take or not, but the Tennessee game at the end of the year could be a battle for second in the East, if not for first place. The first place is where you got bold. Um, For second? Yeah, it it might be. Breaking 70. Chris, what's your projected starting five for the offensive line? Okay, left to right. Wanamaker, Lee, Douglas, Gwen, Wanham. Wanham, yes. That's my starting five. Rebecca, what's going on, Rebecca? Appreciate you tuning in, Rebecca. Again, guys, thank you all so much for tuning in. The love, support. If you have not done so, check out the podcast that dropped today. Episode 684, as we continue along with the 2022 opponent preview series, talking to Vanderbilt Commodores today. You know, it's crazy, guys. No matter what happens, it doesn't matter how good we are, how bad we are, death, taxes, and beating Vanderbilt. I mean, if last year proved anything, the Gamecocks, 
They may not be meant to win national titles, but damn it, they are meant to beat Vandy. <laughs> they are meant to beat Vandy. So, uh, Brian Dean, yes, yeah, shoot me a DM about the SEC U hat. Shoot me a DM and I'll, I will send you the link. Yeah, we, we've got a store up. It's, you know, man, it's crazy. Like, I, I want to do... I want to do so much more with the SECU stuff. I mean, we're, we're adding podcasts and all that, but like I've got the idea for the merchandise and like merchandise for every team. But it's like, there's just certain things right now. Uh, Brian, there's certain things that like, I'm just one man. Like we just got to expand bigger than just me. We just, we have to, we don't have a choice. We just don't have a choice. So, and we're going to do that. And I'm excited for that. I'm excited for that, but I got to build out my team, man. John Rice. What's up, John? Drunk in the airport on the way to Vegas. Is a $100 bet on Rattler for Heisman a mistake? Why not, John? If you got the 100 to lose, or the 100, you know what? The hell with what I just said. Why not throw a hundo? Why not? When's the next time, John, we're going to have a quarterback that has as good a Heisman odds as Rattler does? Hopefully soon, but you don't know that for a fact. Just throw the hundo. Throw the hundo. Throw the hundo, get the, get the ticket, and then tweet about it, John. Let the masses know you threw the hundo. I say it's a fun thing to follow through the uh, through the season. Travi, appreciate you, my man. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks so much for tuning in. John Rice, is, I, he is on the lattes. If you're on the way to Vegas, John, I would expect you to be on the lattes. Be weird if you weren't on the lattes. Truly. Luke RJ says, just put a hundred on the over six and a half wins. That's another good one. Yeah, that's another good one, truly. Hey, guys, again, let me remind you, tonight we will grace the stage at Tin Roof in Columbia, in the Vista, for the final time, at least for the foreseeable future. Would love to have you guys come out. We are going to stream it live, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch for those who cannot come out and want to tune in. But, uh, guys, we'll get it going at 6 o'clock. You already know the drill. $3 drafts, $3 rumple, $3 fireball as well. Great food, great people, and it's going to be one hell of a time. Going to be one hell of a night. Uh, cannot wait. Cannot wait to see the folks at Tin Roof yet again. Been a couple of weeks since I've been there, so looking forward to it. Uh, also, of course, tomorrow night, guys, the TSUS tour continues at Carolina Alehouse in downtown Greenville, but, of course, we'll talk about that more tomorrow. Uh, either way, guys, thank you all so much for tuning in. Check out the podcast. Stay tuned to TDC. Stay tuned to all the content, content bleeding out the eyeballs, and we will see you tonight live from Tin Roof. Y'all take care.